so I do actually have some good news. I'm actually moving house. Uh, oh, wow, so you know, obviously, yeah. So be looking for a new house, and it means that if I I've got an office in there, if I lay it out correctly, I actually have room for a racing sim rig, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and when I say racing sim rig, I mean a old car chair, sort of attached to a racing wheel with a bit of wood and a, and a monitor sat in front of it. It's going to be hillbilly as anything, but there we go. Got to start. Got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Cool, yeah. yeah, exactly. Started from the bottom, and uh, now we're here, aren't we, Yuki? Mr. Points, finally. Almost broke the uh, record for most amount of 11th places in a row. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> yeah, of Formula Croft, One... Crofty was loving that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Formula One, welcome to the 107 podcast with myself, Jacob, and my co-host, Anish. Uh, today, we will be covering the... Quite frankly, the Grand Prix that was completely upside down, turned on its head three times in in actuality. Uh, and that is, of course, the Australian Grand Prix for 2023. Um, bit of a mad one, right? Again, it's like we always say on this podcast, it's usually what happens off the track that's more drama than what happens on the track. True, so. true, very so, true. Um, yeah, it's opened up lots of conversations about when should red flags be used and are mm-hmm. they prioritizing entertainment over sport? Mm. Should we should we circle back to that question and give our own opinion as to, you know, what, what we think red flags should be under certain yeah. conditions? Because I have my own opinions and I'm sure you do too. Um, we're not going to cover um, we're not going to cover quality this week because there's a lot to talk about in terms of the actual race and we might be a bit you know stuck for time. The one thing I will say is Perez battling from the back was pretty interesting to see. Exactly like last week in in um, I was going to say Baku wrong. Uh, exactly like last week in Jeddah, obviously Max was doing the same thing, um, but uh, it was just interesting to see. I think. Yeah, uh, the only thing we'll say for qualifying is the Mercs seem to be, you know, finding what's wrong with their car and fixing it. So hopefully, because I... they've done it early in the season, it's only up from here and not like Brazil last year where it's like oh, it was a one off. Yeah, I have some things to say about that, so I think we'll we'll get to that when when we can. Cool. So, should we start with Red Bull? Max wins, pretty uneventful for him by the start, and Sergio makes his way through into fifth. Yeah, I I would argue as well for the Red Bulls. This was like, especially the last red flag. If you're Max, you don't particularly care. You really don't yeah. because you're like, well, I'm going to win anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't really bother me um so i think for for him it was a reasonably easy race he managed his pace very well um the supposed rumors around like you know red bull holding back and you know not using their using their car to their full potential so they don't get penalized by the fia or like cut back or whatever is um i think a little bit extreme um and i think that if the if the fia were to you know actually do something about it especially considering that you know, Mercedes had dominance for what eight years? Was it eight years? Um, uh, twenty fourteen to twenty twenty two. Yeah, so it was seven years constructors. No, eight years. Eight, con- eight constructors. Eight constructors. Yeah. So with their domination, eight constructors in the row, which has never been done before. I think unless it gets to that level with Red Bull, the FIA stepping in and changing rules or changing regulations halfway through purely just to impact that Red Bull is shameful. But yeah. I mean, the FIA are shameful in all honesty, in various different aspects of Formula 1 anyway. So I wouldn't put it past them. But um, yeah, very easy race for for Max. And then obviously Checo coming through the field was very, very good. Um, some effortless uh, overtakes on everyone. 
bar honestly lando seemed to lando seemed to put up a bit of a fight which was unexpected in the uh uh the orange tractor um which also i guess we can lead into mclaren as well uh double points was yeah. was not expecting that whatsoever uh i guess the uh the cakes from piastri's grandma really is a good luck charm i guess i guess piastri versus piastri's grandma versus red bull catering team is going to be the uh battle i didn't know i wanted to see this year um but uh yeah no incredible for for the team i think obviously it was massively affected by you know the amount of dnfs and stuff that 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 the race had um but uh i will always take double double mclaren points for sure especially when you hadn't scored a single point at all for the first two races yeah just going back to red bull i think the only incident that max really had was his small battle with lewis at the start where he he claims oh uh, yeah true off, yeah which looking at it i think it was it's, a, it's the start of the race kind of half a dozen of one yeah six but- of the other but for me, you know it's what? just Max a, and Lewis aggression. have been doing that for the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, I, I, yeah maybe shoes on the other foot this time for Max. True. Um, I think it was just you know aggressively holding his line. He probably should have given him a little bit more space, but it's a racing incident. He just squeezed yeah. him. It wasn't. I don't think there was anything bad about the move from no, Lewis. No, to be completely honest, I don't think there really no, was anything in it. Fair, hard racing. Pretty fair. Yeah. If I'm Max and and he did this, it's like. Look, I've got the fastest car. Just let him get ahead of me. I'll overtake yeah. him soon, and if, pretty much did that. If it's the other way around as well, Lewis would also complain, and nothing would get done about it either. So, I mean, it is what it is, really. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, so you're talking about the McLarens. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was there was a lot of thing, a lot of things been said about the car, but they just have had bad weekends, and this was the first weekend where things kind of got together. Went for them, reasonably so. well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the car's as much of a tractor as people make it out to be. Yeah, it's not the fastest on the grid, and I think they may have probably taken a bit of a step back from from last season. But mm. yeah, again, it's early in the season. Piastri is showing real pace in that car, and yeah. he's doing well. And big up to him for getting points at his home race. So, yeah, Papaya's uh, getting oranger. <laughs> Mo- moving on up, I guess. Um, which <laughs> great to see for me anyway so <laughs> you got to change that blue tint you have in your in your room to orange yeah it's only blue because i guess it's quite late at night but yeah <laughs> pretty much um second first podium for lewis and george really unlucky because his strategy his pace could he held on for the win i don't think so not against no. max but no. i thought he could have done really well and he yeah it was just bad bad luck for him when he pitted yeah. the safety car that turned into a red flag and then the PU went you know, yeah, yeah I really feel for him when when there's when there's a, a question around Mercedes and like a technical DNF that's pretty rare so yeah. I think I think that it's just very unlucky for George um, he didn't do anything wrong and then a series of unfortunate events just took him down a peg and then killed him off essentially um but he did he did pretty well like while he was driving the car while the car was actually going um and then you know it turned into a honda from the 90s and just exploded essentially it's just yeah (laughs) it is rare for a technical dmf i'm just wondering do you think that they may be pushing the engine a little bit more that's a good question actually i haven't 
I hadn't you know, thought about like, that. Because obviously we saw Ferrari last year had to turn it down mm. for reliability issues. And they let look, let's see what speed we can get out of it. And, you know, we, we may have to deal with some engines blowing up, but that that could be a reason why they're kind of stepping up in pace. Maybe. Uh, um, I think I think for, for Mercedes, let's be honest, that car isn't as bad as they say it is. It just isn't, no, right? it isn't. Um, the difference is, is that just the Aston Martin and the Red Bull are just so much quicker. That is literally the difference. There's, it's not, there's not much else. Um, I, I wouldn't even say that Aston Martin is that much quicker. Well, based uh, on this weekend, no, not really. Out Alonso is out qualified by both Mercedes, and you know Lewis put up a great fight to keep P two. You know, yeah. I do think the fight would have happened had the red flags and safety car not come out i think mm. alonso is managing his tires at right attack save attack save and the deg on the aston is a lot better than mercedes but yeah it does seem like a battle for p2 p3 and p2 and p3 in the constructors between aston and Ma- aston martin and mercedes is going to be quite competitive this season potentially yeah i mean but then again you've got to bring you've got to bring ferrari into that at some point they've just been incredibly unlucky i think so far yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't forget about the prancing horse. Um, nope. My boy Charles, I just... I, yeah, he's, he's super unlucky. But then it, I, I saw quite a few memes around like people saying that like Charles is trying his best to DNF the same races that Verstappen DNF'd. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, like, that incident with Lance, it was just, yeah, it was just coming together. There's nothing Lance could yeah, do. Yeah, it is what it is, so, really. Charles, yeah, um, yeah. And just then... The gravel. And yeah there's it, it wasn't even a case of like if you know if he'd have carried more momentum in it probably wouldn't have changed things you know it probably would have been almost yeah. exactly the same um, I, I think the three weeks off is actually going to be good for charles i think he needs a yeah. break just needs to just right that's what happened not doing that well just let me reset relax you know hit the sim and then you know he he generally does okay towards the middle part of the season as well um so yeah yeah um he, he's not I, I hope he just takes that time relaxes and, and just gets back on because we know the talent is there yeah his, he's his, still young as well. his record at baku isn't the best though i am stupid I yeah am stupid. <laughs> i mean his his record just isn't the best at baku um yeah. so i think next next race week so will think, be you know interesting that's, that's well, if we do predictions i reckon shall be on the podium at baku the way it's going all right he didn't win Australia, which he won last season. Uh, didn't win Bahrain, which he won last season, uh, which he totally messed up those races. So Baku, which he doesn't do well at, he's going to tear around. He's going to do well at it. Yeah, he could. He could potentially do well. Um, I think it's Checo's to lose, though. Um, no, I think Max is winning Baku. I mean, you say that, but I mean, this is like, like Baku is one of the most dominant tracks for Checo, even before Red Bull picked him up. So uh, well, if you look, when when was that? When was the race? Was it twenty twenty one when Max when was Max leading is... him and his car went? So yeah, had his car not gone, he would have won that race, True. I believe, and it wouldn't have looked so dominant. If if he'd have won that also, race, yeah, right, uh, the championship wouldn't have come down to the final day, and we probably wouldn't have had the Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one incident. Yeah, but then that would mean that there was no red flag later on when Lewis messed up his brakes and all that. Because also, Lewis was ahead in that first corner. True. They restarted and Sergio took the lead because he went off. So, I, you know, we know Sergio is good at street circuits. 
I think the Azerbaijan one is a little bit favoured towards him. Because yeah, because it's those it's those control. ninety degree corners, rear limited corners, which he seems to be pretty bloody good at, and he saves his tires. So I mean, I think yeah, I, I think I, that's I think, where. I think yeah, I I think that obviously Matt, like you could put a decent amount of money on Max to win, and you'd probably be fine. But I I just have a feeling that Checo is just gonna you know bite back almost after the okay. last couple of races. I just have a funny feeling that he'll he'll do pretty well. All right. But well, we are talking it. about uh, a race that happens in like three weeks' time. Should we yeah. go back to <laughs> back to Australia? Um, yeah, um, Aston Martin. Yes, three and four. Good for Lance. You know, yeah. he, he deserves a good result um, like that, and I, I reckon we'll see him on the podium soon. I hope Fernando, so. Because, yeah, yeah. I think he was a little bit unlucky with the red flags because I think he could have put more of a fight on against Lewis. Mm. Um, but you know, hats off to those for doing a good job. And also, you know, you just can't take P3 away from Fernando. <laughs> Last race is like, okay, no, George was there. It's like, no, Fernando's there now. And this one is like, no, we're going back to uh, what happened at Silverstone or the yep. set rules. And, you know, you crashed out, but we're going to go back to the result. It wasn't I mean, before. the fact that he was able to come up with that, like, instantly was ridiculous. Yeah. It was just like, just like Silverstone, you have to restart in this position. And I was like, how the hell did he just immediately come up with that? Um, yeah, like, admittedly I did have a similar thought but yeah. I'm not trying to drive a car at 250 kilowatts an hour type thing so yeah. yeah. now are you going to take off your Danish glasses <laughs> with Why? Nico Hulkenberg mm. in P7 could have got mm. P3 he could have yeah just really is dominating K-Mag at the start of the season yeah I, I think he is in in all honesty considering he's um, had a year off as well do you do you remember what i said when i talked about uh you know he has up until britain to score points in order to prove why he was brought into the team over mick and he did it literally the next week um yeah. brilliant i i can't really fault nico whatsoever um i i do question whether or not because obviously magnuson came back after being a year out and had an incredible first couple of races and then completely dropped off the radar. So, well, not completely dropped off the radar, but like he seemed to have like the first couple of races were really, really good for him. And then he sort of dropped off a little bit. Um, so I'm wondering whether or not the same will happen to Nico. Not trying to defend um, Kevin yeah, no, whatsoever. No, no, no. Just, just, um, I but I'm just I'm just asking the question. Yeah, putting on the, the Danish glasses. Um, but uh, one thing I do have, like, one question I do really have around Kevin and his sort of performance was that I don't really think that the crash was his fault. I think that he just got sun in his eyes and didn't know exactly where the car was on the road. Could have happened to any of the drivers. Um, it's yeah. just very unfortunate that it happened to happen to him, really, um, in that race, anyway. Yeah, unlucky, but uh, yeah, no, good on good on Nico for that result. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Cannot cannot knock it whatsoever. He just can't get his podium, can he? No, <laughs> literally um, taken away from him. Uh, Alfa Romeo, Zhu P nine, Bottas P eleven. Yes, I remember our predictions at the start of the season. I said Zhu was going to outscore Bottas. You did, yes. He for a sec, you know, he's doing well. Mm, he's doing yeah. well, Zhu. I just what's happened to Bottas? He just doesn't seem to be gelling with the car just yet. And, you know, I hope he does. He's a quick driver, mm. but, you know, he's got to be up there with his teammate. You know. This this isn't accusatory. This is more of a general sort of question. 
but do you think that Bottas, because of, you know, he knows he's not in a race-winning car, he knows he's in a midfield car, do you think maybe, especially with all of the stuff that's going on in his personal life right now, he's just moved to Australia or, like, spending a lot more time in Australia um he's doing like loads more like coffee bits and pieces and brand deals and he seems to be sort of relaxing and stuff a little bit now do you think that he's potentially taking his eye off the ball uh no i don't know i think he's just being smart in setting himself up for yeah. the future yeah maybe. um I, I don't think coming from mercedes i don't think he would have gone to alfa romeo if his heart wasn't in racing because like he, he could he could leave and yeah it'd be fine yeah i just it was just a question. It's it was just, just a thought. Yeah. Like, you know, like no, he's, no, he's been doing it. a lot of stuff in his personal life. Could that be, you know, he's maybe, you know, focused a little bit like somewhere else or I don't know. Just asking the question. No, no, I, I think I think he's 100% focused. He's just mm. not gelling with the car. Hopefully he will. Mm. Um, but even then, I, I still think she was going to outscore him over the season. Right. So. Yeah, no, I don't think so because, like, if you, if you look at other drivers, like Lewis is doing all his like, um, you know, his fashion stuff, and, and mm. he's always out and about doing like music and other stuff. So, yeah, I think these guys can switch it on and switch it off, you know, when they need to. And even even if you look at Max, if he's not yeah. in, in the car, he's sim racing, like doing twenty four hours. True, of but Le Mans and stuff that's, like that. So. That's very related to driving, whereas Bottas you know doing yeah, stuff with like a gin company or a coffee company isn't exactly yeah. as and then, related even then so. i just think he's just got probably got people doing it for him yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah i'm not i'm not saying that he's so. sat there you know setting up companies and blah 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 blah, blah on, on his yeah, own yeah, no, no, no. I, um, no i think i think he is 100 percent focused he's just not gelling with the yeah. car just yet and it, um, it could just be that it's not suited to his driving style yeah you never know so yeah no 100 percent um avatari yuki p10 Yuki. Finally. <laughs> and Nick DeVries, P15. Um, I think he got hit by Logan Sargent at like the third red flag. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got yeah. completely... You can see it in in the in your yeah. background. You can actually see him <laughs> yeah. being clarted by um, the American <laughs> missile over there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, that... That Alpha Tauri has disappointed me a little bit in terms of its pace this season. I would have liked to have seen it be a little bit more pacey um, to see what you know Yuki and yeah. Nick push for push for points. It might just be me, but I also just don't like the look of the car. If I see no. it on screen, it reminds me of an F two car. I don't know what it is. It just looks I, I like think it's because the blue doesn't go with the red. Yeah, I think it, that's what it is. It's not nice. Um, no. It just isn't. Um, yeah, uh, the Alpines, Pierre was doing really well. Esteban made some good moves, but oh, man, that red flag instant. I told you, okay. I wanted drama. I wanted them to hit each other. When they hit each other, when I worked out that they hit each other, I was like, yeah, maybe something will happen. Maybe there'll be a big argument, yeah. but there wasn't. So they called it a racing incident. What are your thoughts? Do you think like let's? I think we agree Esteban was the innocent party in this. Right? Yeah, Pierre it definitely was... squeezed him into the wall. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's fifty-fifty. I yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I think it's one of those things where when you come off the track and you come back on, you're going to lose that initial bit of grip. Mm. There's a chance where you know you might have to catch a slide and. That could affect uh, yeah your tires are dirty and so yeah. i mean if he doesn't hit esteban 
it's okay. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, he did, and unfortunately, it was a teammate. I think it harkens back to I, this. Shouldn't derail us. Maybe it's a, an episode for another time with the whole Sebastian and Lewis uh, incident at Canada. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where which I don't know why people even argue this. Maybe because they they loved Seb in that era. Um, it Seb came off, came on the track, lost control of the car, pushed Lewis into a wall. That's done and dusted penalty. So. Yeah, I, it, was, it was similar to that. You know my opinion on this. Well, I'm not talking opinion, man. I'm talking <laughs> facts. I'm talking facts. All right. Yeah, but we'll talk I, about it a little bit. We can, we can go on that. That's yeah, like, we, it was very similar to that. And... We have three podcasts worth of content to find over the next couple of weeks, so I'm yeah. sure we can we can talk about uh, that sort of era. Um, yeah. yeah, I th- I I think that right? it's yeah. Pierre. It was Pierre's fault. Yeah. He didn't give Ocon enough space to go into, but it was a racing incident. Yeah, and I think had they blamed Pierre and they could have given him penalty points, I think he would have had a race He ban. would have had a race ban. Yeah. And I think this will segue into the red flag topic. Mm. Uh, but Williams, um, Alex did really well in qualifying. Yep. Could have got some points. But, yep. you know, unfortunately, I think he may have just touched the grass going into the turn which kind of put his car out of sync yeah i think he went in it's super unlucky isn't it let's be honest yeah i mean uh, i think that williams is just going to get better and better throughout the season and they'll be consistently scoring points and good on Albon for getting into q3 um i think logan's shown flashes of pace yeah um so it'll be interesting to see what he does throughout the season so i i feel like logan's still getting used to the car like he's still he's just like he's slightly he's off his breaking points he's slightly yeah. off the racing like like the race pace that sort of stuff um and obviously especially he was he was up against lando in that quali round where lando got the same time as him but got it in earlier he's he's been very unlucky and he is still a rookie um and obviously alex is more used to that car i yeah. although obviously we should you know be talking about australia I actually think that Baku could be a place where that Williams picks up a couple of points purely because of its straight line f- on speed. We already know we like the Williams always seems to have decent straight line speed. Um, so Albon could potentially grab some grab some points there looking forward. Um, and I think you're right that the Williams should and hopefully will get quite a bit better throughout throughout the season. However, Williams have actually been the most consistent team compared to Lovely. last year. Yes, so after round three, the Williams team had a one point uh last year and after three rounds this year they have one point so technically the key to success is consistency down uh down at williams yeah so albon has a crash puts yep. gravel onto the track uh, yep. initially it's a safety car yeah and then it gets turned into a red flag so mm. first red flag incident should that have been a red flag um so apparent for me i think it was so to take away like you're running FIA sports and entertainment. Mm. There's gravel on the track. That's happened with Alex. It's in Australia. It's at that part of the track. You're the race director. What are you doing? Uh, for me, I'm putting in a safety car for me personally. Um, and would just essentially then assess the, the strength of the barrier would be one of the things that i would look at because obviously he did take quite a big impact into that barrier um and obviously he came back on track 
And so I think that part of the reason why that was a red flag is because there was lots of carbon fiber or bits of carbon fiber spread across the track, which obviously could have called pu- caused punctures more so than the gravel. So I think that's why there was a red flag. And I think for me, it's 50-50. It's on the fence. It could, like, for me personally, I probably would have just said, right, safety car, let's try and get this cleaned up. Can we check the tech pro? Can we check everything? Blah, 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 blah. Um, But obviously, you know, there could, like, it could have been a safety car for, like, let's call it six laps, just just to pull a number off the top of the head, right? If it's a safety car for six laps, or you could just red flag it because you're not 100% sure, the barrier took a bit of a hit, there's debris all over the track, not just gravel. The the red flag seemed like the not safest option, but just the the option that potentially could make more sense in that moment. Um, because then having cars come around with um, punctures and stuff like that, especially because the field at that point was a little bit spaced out as well, it could have taken maybe one or even two laps for everyone to get to the right positions and people were pitting as well during the safety car as well so i think that's also part of the reason why it wasn't like 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 it wasn't the best idea to carry on with a safety car and potentially just red flag it even if it did take longer um to red flag it than it should have done that's just 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 my opinion um but i i don't know what what do you think like i said for me it's 50 50 uh no i think the fia were right in what they did Mm -hmm. um I think, yeah, initially a safety car, and they said, well, actually not. There's too much gravel. There's too much debris. Let's red flag it. Let's clear it up because it's going to take a while to clear it up. We're just going to lose lap after lap after lap. Um, yeah. So let's red flag it, get it all cleared properly. There's no pressure. You know, you don't want marshals making mistakes and things mm. like that. Um, and then, yeah, get the race going. So I actually do agree with um, how the FIA did the second, uh, first red flag. Yeah. And then the second red flag, um, which was... K-Mag um, mm. hitting the wall. Um, the wheel rim kind of bits of that was going everywhere. I think it actually hit a spectator. Yes. So I can give you a little bit of background on that for, for those of you who don't know. Essentially what happened was as he hit the wall, a bit of carbon fibre flew up and over the catch fence um, and actually hit a guy on his arm and cut his arm open. Um, and he got he got helped by the medical team and stuff like that. And he was actually a Kevin Magnuson fan as well, which is pretty ironic. Um, but um, the, yeah. but the unfortunate thing is, is that some bastard stole the bit of carbon fiber that hit him. So he didn't even get to keep the bit of carbon fiber that actually hit him, um, yeah. which is quite bad to be completely honest with you. Like if yeah, if I'm injured by a Formula One car, I'm gonna want to keep that part, you know. Um, so I, I hope the Haas Formula One team looks after him. So yeah, so I believe that the Austrian Austrian Australian Grand Prix team have started to like reach out to him to try and sort something. Um, whether or not that's you know giving him the wheel that got smashed or something like that, like you know like whatever <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. I I hope that they sort something. Um, I'll keep an eye out on uh, on social media and see if I spot anything. Um, but that was that was the story essentially. He was helped by the medical team and he was absolutely fine, like no issues at all. He just had a bit of a cut on his arm and that's about it. So red flag for you? Um, I want to again. I want to say yes because of the this for me like i i think if you compare it to the last red flag part of the reason for me why i would have red flagged it is because of the debris on the track which was obviously carbon fiber which will give you lots of punctures this debris was spread all over the track in the second red flag incident um and 
it obviously again could have caused punctures etc etc there wasn't like a clear line it wasn't like he just dragged himself get up against one side almost like a burnout grinding takedown type thing he didn't like only end up on one wall he literally span himself completely all over the track well not spun himself but like you know spread himself across the track um and it reminded me a little bit of the um mick schumacher incident last year in jeddah where he sort of hit the wall and then dragged himself further and further down the track and there was just debris everywhere. Um, Similar-ish situation. Obviously, the, the K-Mag one wasn't as serious. Mix was was a pretty big shunt. But it was that sort of situation again where there's debris everywhere. It's just easier to red flag it. So again, I do agree with the red flag for, for that one for, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think they said the reason that they gave was those um, parts of the forge rim yeah. being on the track. So... We saw what it did to a spectator. You know, you don't want, you know, even though they're going on safety car speeds, you don't want that getting picked up by, you know, a car flinging backwards and, and, and hitting, hitting someone. someone like that. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. And then, you know, the third red flag, um, which I think this is where the controversy comes in because essentially it seems like they did the red flag, understandably so, and then wanted to get in two laps of racing. Mm. and when you are well fuck it, it's two laps let's just go for it at turn one we haven't got the entire race to try and make up spaces carlos science which i think the timing of this penalty was really bad mm. um it's got a five second penalty let's be as close as we can to him because he's gonna get he's gonna be moving back yeah and you get what happens which is that extreme carnage in turn one and two well, Which no, the, the penalty was applied after that turn, after that, no. wasn't it? So, so that's that's what I mean is... Actually, no, you're completely right. What am I talking about? Yeah, yes. I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I just um, felt, oh yeah, sorry, I was confused. But I thought, I thought it was unfair because then it meant that loads of cars were super close to him. Yeah. Um, and trying to keep that five-second gap, which I yeah. thought was a little bit unfair because it doesn't give him a chance to go back for for me it wasn't a time penalty i think they should have uh done what they do at every first lap incident and kind of be a little bit more lenient exactly um and i think yeah it was a little bit unfair that penalty i think that the only reason why he actually had a penalty because to me logan Sargent smashing into the back of nick devries was worse right The only reason why Carlos got a penalty was purely because his car was still in the race. That's oh, yeah, it. That's, true. that's literally yeah. it. If Carlos had taken himself out or had to retire for some reason, he wouldn't have got a penalty. It's as simple as that. Um, and yes, I know that obviously, you know, the, the punishment, like there's no point in punishing somebody who, you know, crashed out and, you know, there's no not much point because a time penalty isn't going to affect them. But at the same time, like, I... I I think that retroactively, maybe you need to have a have a conversation with Logan Sargent if you're hang, handing out um, penalties for for what Carlos did. To be completely honest with you, um, especially considering that you know last week in last race in Jeddah, he wasn't even quick enough. He didn't even set a quick quality time. So I mean, I know again, I know he's a rookie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But like, you've got to look at the that in, got to take that into account at the very least um and yeah for, for me i think that it was very very harsh to give him to give him a penalty i think at the very least it could have and the she was very easily could have done this they could have said that the incident will be reviewed after the race they could have had a that's conversation what they with should him. have done yeah that's what they should have done um, um yeah. yeah just to give him that penalty 
straight away like that i thought that was very unfair and they should have investigated it at the end of the race yeah i feel like it should have been a thing that they investigated after the race however i think it would have been something that they investigated after the race if last week alonso hadn't been given a penalty after the race had finished because he was still under investigation so they shot themselves in the foot last week by setting that precedent and then letting everyone you know take the mick out of them out on uh, social media so that now they're trying to give penalties before the end of the race and yeah. they shoot themselves in the foot again like i know that they're what they're trying to do but at the same time like that was an incident that you know you could have just dealt with after the race especially because the lap didn't even exist yeah i think that it's like technically it happened on a lap that didn't didn't exist. even exist yeah yeah um and as i was saying before before i had my brain fart um if you know the guy in front of you has got a five second penalty and you're going around behind the safety car i'm going to be as close to that person as possible and the driver yeah. behind me is going to be as close to me as possible and it's going to be as close to me so yeah it that, creates dangerous also... situations especially yeah. when you have fans on track yes and then the fans came on track mm. uh, I, mean, I, I think we should say we understand it's not a representation of australian fans or anything like that it's yeah i did a think small handful i did so on tv you wouldn't have known this and obviously if you're i don't know living in a hole somewhere you wouldn't have known uh because it was all over social media afterwards that people invaded the track while that last lap slash cooldown lap was actually happening they, they did um, mention it on the commentary oh i i maybe i yeah. switched off but, uh, or you know, you know um it, we didn't I, we didn't really know and see what they were doing because they were literally climbing fences and mm, squeezing yeah. through gaps um, you know, any anything can happen, right? We've seen incidents happen on formation laps, right? Yeah, exactly. All it takes is like, oh, had a lockup or a bit of wheel spin, whatever it is, mm. and a car goes sliding into the wall, sliding across, and and hits someone, hurts them, or you know, kills them, right? You just never yeah, know. you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah for, um, for me, it's quite bad. I don't. It is very bad. I don't blame the organisers though, personally um i think that there's only so much that you can do when you ask people to work security in events like this when they're probably let's be honest understaffed um massively outnumbered there's only so much you can do i don't entirely blame the the event organizers um it's just people being idiots i think that the more the you know what the hell what in the hell and drive to survive actually happened essentially was a lot of the the memes that were going around on social media because it is these new very new casual fans who seem to have latched onto the sport that seem to be bringing it down for others seemingly um and i know that's a big generalization because obviously you know drive to survive has done quite a bit of good for the for the sport as well um but it does seem to be those you know like those football hooligan types that you know they just want to go and create a bit of carnage or create a bit of mess they want to steal one of the rolex signs from the side of the road type thing like it seemed like that sort of crowd that were actually in like you know maybe at the spearhead of it um from you know videos i saw on tiktok and tweets and stuff like that and then because other people were on track others were following them um which obviously isn't great i'm all for having people go on track when i go to the british grand prix and i remember when we went to austria last year i said do you want to go on track and you were like nah because you know it'll take a couple of hours for us to even get off etc etc whatever that's absolutely fine um but i'm going to the british grand prix on my own and i really do hope that i get to you know go and have a little bit of a track walk 
like at some point after the race is finished because it's an experience and i think that fans should you know be given the opportunity um i know in spa you actually get to go onto the track they they open it up on a though they did in the past they didn't last year or the year before um year before because of covid but they didn't open the track up last year either but you could go and have a little bit of a walk around on the track which i think is amazing um no, so there's I, there's something special about having fans on the track where yeah. the drivers are collecting the trophies especially like, a monza. monza yeah look at monza, <laughs> right? that, yeah that is. so I, i'm totally um absolutely for it and like you said it was just some dickheads that just yeah. couldn't wait five minutes right that, that was it and it's just like come on man come on yeah, um, I I feel like it's some learnings for the Grand Prix Association. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, and I think you know they, the organisers, the you know, the um, stewards kind of spoke to them, and uh, FINFM spoke to them, and I said, look, we're going to take it on board and yeah. we'll make some changes and, and things like that. So I don't think it will happen uh, next year. But yeah, mm. can't, can't have people on track, man. Can't have people on track. No, I but, mean, uh, look, you know, um, was it Hulkenberg's car stopped after turn two, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, what's to stop someone just running on, stealing stuff from that car? You know, steering wheel, whatever. You know what people are like. Right? Yeah, you could steal the steering wheel, steering wheel, or it could even be that you, you know, we saw it with like, for example, in football, where somebody runs on and punches Jack Jack Grealish in the face in a Birmingham yeah, Aston Villa game. Yeah, so one could have just run off to um, Nico Hulkenberg and. You never know. I mean, exactly, Nico yeah. seems like a decent bloke. I highly doubt that that would happen, yeah, um, but you just don't know. <laughs> you just you just have no idea. Um, yeah. So I think it is very dangerous. But also, I think that actually thinking about it and as i'm talking about it maybe the grand prix organizers do have something to be accountable for because do you not remember that last year uh alex album pitted on the last lap because he went the entire way on hard and then pitted on the last lap so that he would have his registered pit stop um and there were fans in the pit lane because the event organizers have brought people out to you know start celebrating the podium but they brought them out one lap too early so there were actually people in the pit lane when Alex had pitted. So he he was, you know, pretty close to potentially, you know, injuring somebody in the pit lane um, oh, because shit. the event organizers brought people out early. So actually, maybe there is something there around, um, you know, having 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 people or having the organizers take a look at themselves because, you know, they're not they're not conducting things very safely. It's And one of the things that worries me as well around the safety is there's potentially talks around turning Australia into a night race. And then if you have fans potentially breaking onto the track at night, okay, it's even before, worse. Just, just before we go on to that, are they doing it because it's like a spectacle under the lights or are they doing it for time zone reasons? So you know? for me, I think it's both. I think that Australia has, I think it has a contract until 2027, I believe. Um, and I think that potentially, I, I remember what what we were saying because we were messaging each other a little bit during the race, and you said that you know they can't cut Australia because they can't cut out essentially an entire region, um, and I completely agree with that. But in all honesty, this is the FIA; they very easily could um, for no, no, zero FIA, reason. FIA or FOM. FOM, sorry. FOM, yeah. Cool. Um, and so my my thing around that is that with with you know older tracks and Melbourne is a slightly older track being taken yeah. off of the off of the um, calendar 
they've already improved the racing down there by you know taking away that weird chicane halfway through um uh, the second sector um and then paired with the fact that europeans and i don't know what time it would have excuse me what time it would have you know meant that americans were staying up to or waking up for but it's an awkward time for europeans if you make it an evening race so instead of it starting at three it starts at seven if in australia you know that you're pushing that back three or four hours and then it becomes an 11 o'clock start for europeans that's much more appealing and it's under the lights so it makes it even more appealing to you to 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 a wider fan base not just europeans so i think it could be a potentially a little bit of both the threat of you know being removed off of the calendar um i think is probably the biggest one and also you know make it a spectacle and stuff like that what i would actually quite like and i think this would be a very good idea is for them to actually say hey the sprint race will be under the lights we're going to do a no, sprint race in australia no, and then no, the race no, no, will be wouldn't. normal nah, nah i think why the not sprint race will be during the day because it's smaller it's larger spectacle more of an audience for the main race true but not as many people tune on. in for the sprint races so maybe yeah, one year during the day no that's why they'll do it during the day well maybe they would do it during the night so that europe could tune in nah i, no way. I think either no or way. works but i would like to see a day night sprint normal race i think that'd yeah. be pretty interesting so do we now want to talk about Azerbaijan? Because that's got a new format, hasn't it? Yes, it does. But I would like to very quickly run back and talk about red flags. Oh, okay, cool. So for, for red flags, you are looking, let's say, Mr. Ash, uh, you are looking at the rules for red flags because of backlash this race and then a backlash whatever in a couple of races time, etc., etc., around red flags. Okay. When a red flag happens, do you think that there should be standing starts or rolling starts? Do you think that there should be allowed tyre changes or not? Or do you think there should be allowed tyre changes but that doesn't count towards your your required pit stop? Or um, do you think that if you were to change tyres, you should start from the pit lane and then everyone else starts from the starts from the grid? What do you think? What do you think around red flags? Okay, so your first question, should there be a standing or rolling start? Yes. Uh, I think there should be a standing start. And okay. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Essentially, when you have just a safety car, it's a rolling start. Yeah. Right. So I think if it's red flag, it should be different. It should be standing start. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, in terms of tyre changes, um, again, you're allowed to change tyres and make repairs under the red flag. I think so, because as a team you know, you gamble on the safety car. Mm-hmm. And I think it just adds more to the strategy where it's like, oh, could it be a safety car? Could it be a red flag? Do we bring them in? Do we not bring them in? I think it plays more into the, adding that excitement into the spectacle. The strategy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that would be, I think the way it works right now, it, it does, it does work. Um, the reason why I think you shouldn't change it is because I think for some teams, uh, well, actually for every team, um, if they know that they can make changes under the red flag and go back to previous positions, they're going to be calling for red flags when they're speaking to race control all the time kind of thing. And we're going to have yeah. kind of like more red flags and safety cars because, hey, we can change it. We won't lose position, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I think it actually does work well at the moment mm. um, because otherwise it's going to be like, oh, it's a safety car, but uh, we pitted and now it's a red flag and then we can change, but we can go back. So let's push for a red flag and stuff like that. And yeah, I kind of think it works as it is at the moment and mm. absolutely keep standing starts because rolling starts will be under a safety car anyway. Yeah, true. I So I think for me, red flags should probably stay pretty much the same. Yep. Um, however, I think that if you if you are red flagging because let's say for example it's dry, right, and then all of a sudden it pisses it down with rain, and I don't know, I'm picking a driver at random, zoo goes into the wall, right, because whatever. There's debris on the track. Um, nobody has the right tires on. It's very, very unsafe for there to be a safety car out. You red flag the race because because of, you know, safety or whatever, right? And so you change everyone onto wets or intermediates. Well, let's be honest, intermediates because wets from Pirelli are absolute rubbish. So you change everyone onto intermediates, right? For me, if it's wet, it's a rolling start. And that's purely because from a safety terms, like like perspective, um, because of standing starts not being particularly great in the rain and also on colder tires, I think that rolling starts would work better from a safety perspective. Um, okay, so if you're saying that it becomes super wet, right? You know, just they can even red flag it if there's just too much rain. Yeah. Um, you can come in, wait until it dries out, but because the track is still soaking wet, we're not going to do a standing start because no. it's too dangerous. Yeah. And we'll do a rolling start. Yeah. I think I just think that makes sense. That's what they did in Monaco a couple of uh, uh, last year. Um, yeah. That's what they tried to do a couple of times in um, in Belgium, uh, and this, uh, and it, it works. Except okay. in Belgium, so, right? And so, do you think then? Because obviously they they have that option, and I think they have taken it a few times. That if it it's the same uh, for the race start, because I know mm. usually race start is standing start. Mm. If it's been super wet, we'll start behind the safety car and let them go. Is essentially yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I think. If it's a red flag or yeah, yeah, I think they they would do that anyway. Didn't they try that a few times in Belgium? Well, they, they they did it at Monaco, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't like... I don't think it's actually written in the rules specifically. Okay. I don't think right. so, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But that's the only thing. I I might be you know banging on about a rule which already exists. Okay. Well, I, no, I, I, I don't, don't know. Don't know it inside but that's out, the only so. thing is that I would just, you know, make sure that that was an actual thing. Um, yeah. And that, you know, when there was a red flag because of extreme weather changes, whether or not it could even be that you're, I don't, I don't think there would ever be one going from wet to dry. But if all of a sudden it's, you know, absolutely bucketing it down. Then yeah, if you, if there's some red flag for some sort of reason, there's debris on track, and it's going to take marshals even longer to clear it up, and you don't want to waste you know racing laps. Red flag it, and then try and get it back underway under the safety car sort of rolling restart. Yeah, I guess you know just quickly touching on the red flags before we go into Baku, it's kind of mm. like I do feel for the FIA because a lot of the anger and fury comes essentially from fans of a driver of yeah a team right so if you're an alonso fan you're going to be really angry if they continued the race and didn't red flag it yeah he's lost the podium kind of thing if you are if hamilton got ahead of verstappen and got into p1 and they're like actually no we're going to go back to the lap before you're going to be angry mercedes really, would have yeah, yeah mental. And, you know and um 
actually that's what Haas did, right? Because they were like, hey, yes, they protested it. Yeah, they protested it, and they, they so this is really interesting. They protested it because they go, if you're following the precedent of the Silverstone, I think they go by the safety car lines. Mm. Um, and it matched what happened in Silverstone. It's like, actually, we've gone through the safety car lines, so Hulkenberg should have his position and the grid should be as it was. But what they did, and I kind of give credit to the FIA for this, was where the safety car lines are positioned in Australia is different to Silverstone. So it gives initiative for drivers to just like gun it, hit that safety car line. doesn't matter what happens because we're going to keep the position post that line. Yeah. So if we take out anyone, it, it doesn't really... Or, they'll probably get penalty like maybe science mm. it doesn't really matter and it makes it quite unsafe so they're like in general fairness and safety we did it by the sector so hats yeah. off to the fia for that i'll, I'll give them that so so do you think a lot that of it is you got to look at it from a neutral point of view if if the let's say for example if hulkenberg had made it to or through the first sector, which he was yeah. nowhere near doing, right? Yeah. But let's say, for example, there was a crash behind and Hulkenberg had made it through the first sector um, yeah. before before the session had been red flagged, and then it was red flagged. So you would have had Max first, then Alonso, then Hulkenberg in third, right? Yeah. Would you have allowed Hulkenberg to keep P3 because... Or uh, allowed Verstappen and Hamilton and Hulkenberg to keep their positions because they made it through the first sector, so and then the rest what... of the grid was reset. No, 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 you can't do. I'm just asking the question. No, no, um... you can't do it fifty percent for one, fifty percent for the other. No True. Way. Yeah. No, it's it's got to be one rule for everyone, kind of thing. So no, I I wouldn't have done that just because certain cars reached a certain point before others. No way. Yeah, so, I'm just asking the okay. question because there is also there is the argument that you know why should you know, let's say for like, example if Lewis had overtaken um, Verstappen, it, it, it goes back to what the FI was saying before about safety. It's like well, yeah. all I I'm just going to dive bomb it. Hopefully, hmm. I don't get into an incident. Yeah, true. And it doesn't matter because I pass a line. I was in that position. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. asking the question. Just you know, yeah, yeah. no, no, conversational uh, topic, mate. No, <laughs> it's what podcasts are all about. Uh, yeah, no, no, and I'm giving you my answer, bro. Oh, no, the answer right. is no. But yeah, no, no, um, absolutely not. Yeah. So yeah, anything else red flag related? Um, no, 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 not really. I, I think. I all guess the consensus is the FIA did make the right decisions. All three uh, incidents were red flag incidents. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think, again, like people are looking back. I, I do find it funny that those red flag incidents and trying to finish the race under racing conditions happened when a certain Michael Massey mm. was visiting. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, I'd like to touch on that very briefly. Very, very briefly. Um, I I feel as though Ted from the Sky Sports team some of his comments were pretty were pretty unprofessional. I understand that he's still pretty hurt and pretty offended from from what happened in Abu Dhabi, but yeah. in all honesty, grow up. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not being funny. Just grow up. Like it's happened. It's in the past. Yeah. Um, Massey is looking. At, it's not like Massey has ever been banned from the paddock, um, or banned from the FIA offices, or banned from Formula One. Um, he was, you know, asked to leave slash pushed out slash resigned himself. I mean, whatever it is, he left. Um, he's now looking after the Australian V8 racing um, series. 
Um, he had every right to be there. Um, Ted also made a very weird comment about, oh, it's interesting how he's, you know, saying hello to everyone, but not the Mercedes guys. Okay. Yeah, look, it, it, Just it was tea. Grow yeah, up. Was, grow yeah, it was, up. It was, um, yeah, over, over a year ago, it's, everyone's moved on. Just, it is what it is. It happened. Mm. It's done. That's it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, like we we could go into it. We're not going to bring it up, but it's in the past. It's yeah, done. exactly. I think I think for me that somebody potentially needs to have a word with Ted, yeah. um, because I mean, I, I've look, seen a lot of people as well on social media be like, "Why is this guy still banging on?" I understand <laughs> it is arguably one of the most controversial things that has ever happened in Formula One, and it literally sports, did. Think, yeah. Oh, even in sports, yeah. yeah. Um, and it literally did change the landscape of you know the the actual championship the it, it cost you know mercedes versus versus red bull um it cost them millions of dollars in prize money it cost you know like it, hamilton probably had a clause in his contract that meant he got felt five million dollars if he won the championship or whatever it is there were probably so many different factors involved that you know it absolutely changed but at the same time for him to be that bitter about it so long afterwards and so yeah, snide and- is just not great it's not a good look for him no, because two reasons. One, Sky Sports, I know, are British, but essentially they should have some neutrality in, yeah. in the sport and be fair to all the drivers, team principals, and everyone involved mm. in yeah, true. the one. And, and the second thing, it's just, just not, like you said, it's just not professional. And no. Ted has a lot of, we, like, we don't watch Ted for that, right? He has a lot of backstage um, access and insider mm. knowledge. It's like, that's why we're the notebook. Oh, this is what happened to that team. And he knows that's like, I'm not here to have people whinge and moan about stuff that's happened a while back. But, it's done. We'll draw a line under it. It's in the past. Yeah. Baku. I, new, new, let's go to Baku. Yeah. I wasn't quite done. I was just going to say, if you replace Ted with with any other presenter to do the exact same job, I'm not overly bothered. Yeah. That's that's the thing. He doesn't offer anything Could it completely be you? unique. Could it oh, be you? <laughs> hello, Mr. Sports. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. I, Wait, what was, uh, yeah. What, was it the first episode? The first episode, I bashed. Trashing, I bashed Sky. Um, not Sky Sports. But when the money comes in, oh, all of a sudden. If the money's there, we don't care. Um, no, I, I still don't like Sky as a company. I am not a big fan of of the stuff that they do. The content that they provide for Formula One is absolutely excellent. However, the service and the price of the service and their customer service and the way they go about business is not for me whatsoever. Right, Baku. Yes, Baku. Baku. Okay, Baku. Three weeks time. Street Friday track. will be FP1. It will be. And Grand Prix qualifying. Very strange right. way round to do it, but yes. Saturday will be sprint race qualifying and sprint race. Mm. Sunday will be the Grand Prix. Hmm. Mm, is what I'm thinking as well. Mm. <laughs> I, I understand it in a concept. It makes sense, right? We want to separate the sprint race from the main race, right? Mm. Have its own qualifying, have its own race, and it doesn't affect the main race. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence, and I need to see it in action to see. Oh, actually, you know what? It actually, does work. And and I will. I think you know, a lot of people just jump, jump the gun, and go angry stuff like. They have to try these things first, right? You, you won't know if it works or not until you try it. So, yeah. You know, okay, if they're going to bring sprint races in and there's been a bit of negativity towards that from drivers and from fans, mm. okay, we'll, we'll change it up. That could be the answer. Could not be the answer. 
we'll see in three weeks time but i do like the fact that they're separating the sprint race from the main race that that's a good change yeah yes and no <laughs> yes and no so so for me um i i personally would have kept in a second practice Okay. Um, I I think that the quality for the sprint race should have happened um, uh, should have happened um, on the Friday, right? And then you go in and you have the sprint race on the Saturday, right? And then I would have had a free practice session between the sprint and the race because the way that you set up your cars is going to be completely different. If you're treating them as separate races, you should set up your cars in separate ways and have a free practice in order to do so and in order to learn exactly how things work and what happens. Personally, that's my only thing. Um, I might be completely off base. The teams might be able to, you know, get as much data as they need in this in this one free practice session first. Personally, I would have trialed this at a different race event, maybe a more traditional track that maybe it would have been easier to set up cars and stuff like that. Or you make that first free practice session much longer so instead of it being an hour you give them an hour and a half so they can play around with the setup and stuff like that that's the only other thing that i would have done and i think that obviously would be the easier one to do in terms of you know the amount of running that you'd actually have to do on a saturday if you included a free practice session on a saturday as well then you extend the free practice session on the friday um i think either or would work the second option would work better as i'm talking through it but i think a little bit more time would have been would have been preferred like preferred i'm gonna go with i think if organization is no issue thursday fp1 fp2 yeah and then friday fp3 grand prix qualifying um uh and then saturday sprint race qualifying sprint race yeah and sunday grand prix yeah that's what i would have done and then for me as well the sprint race i think I, I'm not the biggest fan of sprint races. So, and I will explain that very quickly in terms of all it does is it means that when you do quali um, for the sprint race traditionally, if you say, for example, are Kevin Magnussen and you've qualified first somehow in Brazil, absolutely unreal. And then the sprint race you drop down to, where was it? Sixth or seventh or something like that. He picked up a point, I think, or maybe two, right? Um... He then obviously has the life sort of sucked out of him because he drops down even further during the Grand Prix. Now, what they've done in separating the sprint race from the actual race is brilliant so that that wouldn't have happened. However, it just I don't think it incentivized teams in the right way. Plus, for sprint races, you do not get a point for fastest lap. There is no point for a fastest lap. For me, that's criminal. Because if you're maybe a slower team, like let's call it like Williams or something like that, I highly doubt that Williams are going to get fastest lap, but they could. If you're back of the grid, right? Let's say you're Alpha Tauri, but you know if you run like a super, super low grade um, or like low fuel load, and then second to last lap, you pit for softs and you just go for it, there's the chance that you could get fastest lap, right? 
that makes things a bit interesting. That brings pit stops into these into these sprint races as well. I, just something as simple as awarding a fastest lap would would literally make it game changing for me personally. I think that that would actually help you know bring something else to sprint races um, or having a specific sprint race um, uh, compound tire for for the sprint races i think could also make it potentially interesting as well um because because then yeah. everyone's on the same tire um i think that, that you know like some cars would affect would be affected more some cars would be affected less um even if it you know they just set a specific sprint compound they say softs you have to start on softs then you can do whatever you can pit lap one for hards or you can go all the way and then pit on you know if there's 20 laps you can pit on lap 19 for mediums or whatever um, a specified tyre for sprint races would also be pretty good. Um, and also, they're going a third of race distance as well, and only the top eight, um, the top eight uh, drivers actually score points. So if you are, let's say, for example, one of those Alpha Tauris, what incentive do you have to push it to the max and risk the car? There's nothing. Like There's, yeah, there's nothing think... to fight for. It's boring. Yeah, I think that last point is the most profound one it's like yeah. if you're not in the top teams it's just like why what what's the what point? are we doing here it's just we the... can't we can't run differently on strategy we mm. can't do this we can't do that because i mean in 20 laps will be over look at look at yeah. williams they're not even at budget cap and you're now telling them that they've got a waste let's call it i don't know how much it is i'm pulling a number out of nowhere but they've got a waste 100 grand that weekend on a sprint race that does nothing for them it's just procedural they just have yeah. to do it. Um, you get prize money for points, and they're like, which is, which is not even an opportunity to get yeah. into the top eight kind of thing. Um, I think you. There's the argument for for reverse grids, maybe, but that would cause a lot of chaos potentially. Or like, you could have the top ten flipped. That could be interesting as well. I don't. I don't really know. You could have the top ten and the bottom twenty flipped. So you've got the slowest cars in the middle, <laughs> and then you've got I the mean, medium fast cars at the front. The, the only I, thing I, is, I don't like, know. because they've split up qualifying, mm. so you couldn't do that. Because at least if it was like qualifying, the sprint race is your qualification for the yeah. main race. There's otherwise, like, so what's the point of going out if it's a reverse grid? We'll just yeah. stay in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So I, th I think regardless of of whatever. I think them introducing the point for the fastest lap would would change some things. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, it does, think about it. Does it hurt anyone? No. No. If you really wanted to as well, I know that this potentially Possibly goes... Possibly a fan getting on a lap early. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. through those barriers. Um, uh, and Yuki's just gutting it. Yuki's just going for it. He's, yeah, absolutely. Like 297 kilometers an hour down the main straight um uh but for for me as well you could even mix it up and this could go against the you know the philosophy for how points are scored and stuff like that but there's been there's been talk a couple of times about a point for the fastest pit stop if Ooh, you awarded a point for the fastest pit stop during a sprint race it would actually get people to pit during a sprint race especially if there's a specified compound for the sprint race my only issue, and I think this will happen if things go away in the future, mm. is the sprint race. So two things: the sprint race decides the champion before the race happens. Mm. 
which will be really annoying and quite yeah. underwhelming. And let's just say you're first and second, equal mm. points, and you're like, so we're second. Let's pit. Because <laughs> if we get the quickest pit stop, we've got a point. Mm. And, we'll and then we get fastest like, lap. And we've second, scored nine yeah. points instead of eight. Yeah, and who was in first? It just kind of takes away from winning the race if that's how you can get points. Kind of True, thing. but then I think that the points should be Max revisited. Max Verstappen, champion of the world, as he exits the pits with a one point nine six <laughs> second pit stop. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. Yeah, I just. Yeah. For me, I just. I think that. I'm. I like I said. I'm not the biggest fan of sprints. It, it doesn't do a lot for me. All it does is it just softens the race. Previously, yes. what it does is it softens the race. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe that there needs to be some sort of incentive for those lower down, hundred um, uh, percent teams. Because, like I said, if you're, I mean, if you're Logan Sargent, again, and this sounds like I'm maybe picking on him, but I'm just using him as an example. In the last few races, he's not done particularly well in terms of actually... He's not scored a point yet, right? So, more than likely, he's going to be at the back of the grid again in Baku. So, what incentive does he have to send it into turn three to potentially get up the side of Yuki Sonoda and finish the sprint race 17th instead of 18th? Yeah. Like, there's no, no point. Just drive around at the back safely. It doesn't matter. It just does not matter. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, for those for, uh, sprint races, that the idea or the premise of having two races in a weekend, sure, that's absolutely fine. But make it mean something. That's it. It's got to mean something. Mm. At this moment in time, it doesn't. It could even be, and I, and I know this is this is potentially getting into like the whole like bogey laps or whatever it is. It could potentially be that if you. Um, I don't know, if you have the most overtakes during a sprint race, you get five hours extra wind tunnel time or something. Like I know that is completely and utterly stupid. And as it came out of my mouth, even I was like, what the hell are you saying? But there needs yeah. to be some incentive for these yeah, you, you, slower back market fighting. teams. You've got to be fighting for something. Mm. And in a sprint race, very few people are fighting for something. Yeah, so. yeah. So, because there's only eight people who score points, and I know there's only two less than done on a Sunday, but still, I yeah, it's just it's just not good. Yeah, no, totally um, agree with you. Yeah. So yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, even if you were just just to say like right, so uh, first place gets ten, second is ninth, eight, uh, uh, and so on, and then tenth gets one point, almost exactly like it does in the race. Like even if you just were to extend it to to you know 10 people actually um scoring points on a on a saturday then that could even be a slight improvement for me maybe i'm not 100 sure but like i said just incentivize those slower teams because it's yeah it's not gonna do a lot no, no it's really not no, no i totally agree with you but yeah we'll find out in three weeks time how it goes we absolutely will um for for your baku predictions what are you saying in terms of pole sitters and uh, uh not pole sitters podium top of the podium verstappen perez and i'm gonna go gonna go with lance stroll in third okay i'm going i'm going perez verstappen um alonso okay Cool, cool. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, we'll find out. We will. We'll um, and oh, speaking of, we check our fantasy teams before. Yeah, we can. We can try and do that. One thing that I would that I would like to mention um, is uh, is the fact that you know I don't know if you saw on our Instagram there was a certain dog who predicted the results. Um, if Bucky is not on this podcast in the next few seconds, <laughs> I can okay. I can bring him in. Uh, let me let gonna, me check the. Uh, if I if I do if on. I ever do one of my parents' house, I will bring Elsa in. But oh yeah, she's a cat and she has an attitude. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so. But um, he predicted it and he predicted it wrong, like a loser. Um, <laughs> so he will now Did be, be turned into a pair of gloves, I guess. Um, oh. That would be pretty pretty helpful for me. His head is very soft, so he'd make a good pair of gloves, to be honest with you. Don't, don't you I, talk about Bucky. I can't log... It's not letting me log in, which is very annoying. That's um, interesting, because I have logged in. I could probably check it on my phone easier than the desktop website. It's just crap. Liberty Media, develop a website properly, for God's sake. Um... All right, let's try F one app. Why don't, why don't you hit me with your hit me with your points while right, I try and so load up? I got two hundred and eighty seven points. Nice. Uh, Max seventy two points, doubled. Uh, Fernando Alonso twenty three, Sergio Perez fifty two, mm-hmm. Nick Debris three points. Nice. Uh, and Alex Albon, I lost fifteen points, uh, ah. which is a shame because yeah. he was running on the points. And my team's Red Bull ninety eight points, Aston Martin fifty four, Lard Stroll with the fourth place. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I am just looking. I got. So, how many points did you get? 280. 287, yeah. 287. I got 316. Oh, nice. Um, so, Max got me 72 points. Yeah. Um, Fernando Alonso got me 23 points. Kevin Magnuson got me two points. Um, okay. Zoo got me 15 points. And Perez got nice. me 52 points. Um, you didn't have Perez, did you? No, I did. Did you? I I had Perez. Ah, I, I oh, yeah, it was, it was Albon. Albon screwed you over. Um, yeah. And then I had Aston Martin and Red Bull as my my two teams. Yeah, there's a line as well. So. Um, yeah, so I didn't. I don't think I did too badly. Fair enough. Which is good. Um, I can also check. I'm going to try and see. So I've mentioned it once before, um, but my um, internal at work we do a top ten prediction. Um, okay. And so I can try and give you what my predicted top ten was and how I how I actually you know scored um, Formula One. Um, I'm struggling to find it, uh, which is very good podcast content. Obviously, yeah. um, I'm really struggling. Uh, for... Yeah. All right. Cool. It's because it's an internal website, um, so it uh, it takes a while to to load up. Um, but my results were: Da-da-da-da-da. I got one hundred and twelve. Oh, I did not do well. Inter- oh wow, I got two right. No, <laughs> I got one right. Sorry, I got one right. Max Verstappen P one, and then um, so you get points for like being slightly off. Like so, you get yeah. like seventy percent points for being slightly off. So I got one right, which was Max in first, and then uh, uh, fourth I said Lance Stroll, 
Uh, uh, fourth, I said Fernando Alonso, and obviously he finished third. So because I was one off, I got some points for that. So I got 124 points. Overall, out of 81, uh, I came joint 64th, which is pretty bad. Yeah, so you but you have to predict the entire top ten. But somebody, yeah. the person who um, uh, got the most points, only got two hundred and twelve points, which I mean is quite a bit um, higher. But he had Max first, Lewis second, um, and then somehow predicted um, Sergio Perez fifth. Oh, good. So on. I mean, fair play. But um, nobody scored particularly high that round. It's just very interesting. Um, it's just like a nice little top ten prediction. Um, but as you can tell, I didn't do amazingly well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Right. So I don't think we have too much else to uh, to talk about on this episode. The only oh my god, a big mosquito just came out of nowhere. Ooh, I need to. So it's suddenly it's become mosquito season here, um, yeah. and I hate mosquitoes. So yeah. I think, um, oh no, he's disappeared behind a box. I'm going to lose him. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> you go uh, deal with that mosquito. I will deal with the mosquito. Um, we'll be back next week. We will. I guess we'll talk Drive to Survive. Yes, we can. Oh, he's come back. Uh, we can talk Drive to Survive. I'm very intensely watching this stupid animal. Um, but um, uh, we can talk about that. But also I wanted to remind you that we were supposed to, it's coming closer. Oh, I've lost it in the blanket. Ah, oh, great. Um, we can talk. We'll also remember <laughs> this is completely We're unhinged. Talk, yeah. um, we need to talk about our uh, suggested Formula One dream location, night race, whatever, yeah. in a city that it's never been to. And also, so, who, who would you have playing uh, Formula One drivers? What actor? And what actor? Yes. So, yeah. just a reminder that we need to, we need to have a think about that. Sorted. Yes, we do. Yeah. I think uh, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting how on earth we try and fill that void. Um, we <laughs> might get some half an hour episodes as opposed to full, full hour long yeah. episodes, but we will see. Um, do you want to take it away and wrap things up? Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was going to be, you know, a bit more professional. <laughs> no, no, thank he you says, for running listening. away from a mosquito. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, follow us uh, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And yes, uh, myself, Anish, and Jacob will be back next week to talk more F1 stuff um, if Jacob hasn't caught malaria. Yeah, if I if I haven't, you know, contracted malaria or some other mosquito-borne disease, I've lot I've completely lost it. It disappeared <laughs> and it's freaking me out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go deal with that. Thank you very much for listening, guys. <laughs> Thank you all. All right, bye. Cheers. <laughs>